I'm Alex, a currently retired game developer and half of psychotherapist. Gorgon. Hello, uh, my name is Gorgon. I'm I'm a professional counselor in New Zealand, uh, and you you know if you are if you are on um, Instagram, you will know me as gamer counselor. And mm -hmm. off to you, Simon. And I'm also a professional counselor in New Zealand. Um, I'm not uh, too much on social media. Maybe one day, um, but my sort of interests are into some geeky fictional stuff. Yeah. Excellent. So, so today our uh, topic of discussion is going to be flow, flow in games, and then of course, as this is our, um, we'll have a therapy take on that and how that applies to real life as well. And um, but just before we begin, I just want to say one thing, um, which is that I, in my previous episode, in our previous episodes, I've mentioned that I've recently become a father, <clears throat> and as <throat> such, I have very little time and energy these days. So I'm going to be taking, uh, we will call it an indefinite leave from the podcast <laughs> after this episode, and I will be leaving uh, the in spirit here with the other two to take over. And um, I hope it's I hope it's fun for you guys. Um, yeah. You're gonna yeah. miss you a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks, Dave. Um, and I'll miss I'll miss doing this as well. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, 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 go on, oh no, it's good. It's a hard decision to make. Um, but that's I guess um, sort of reminds me of what you said previously in other couple of episodes ago. It's like having those boundaries. You know, and that, is that okay? This is too much. This is dragging. Should I say no to that because I need to prioritize another area of my life? So it's good. You have the courage to to um to you know realize and sort of say, okay, this is too much for me at the moment. Yeah. 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 Oh. Thanks for saying that, Simon. You're right. Like I, I had been thinking about it the last few weeks, and uh, as usual, in in in, <laughs> in typical Alex style. I thought, oh, I can do everything I want. Um, you know, having a six-week-old baby doesn't mean I have to stop doing everything. Um, but yeah, I was just—I <laughs> wasn't really doing this, doing this justice. I felt, you know, not really putting enough, putting the uh, the desire and effort into, effort into it that I wanted to. So, yeah, cool. Um, so, should we kick things off with this uh, discussion of flow? Um, maybe I'll just start with it. my quick understanding of flow, um, which is. Uh, which is this. So the way I understand flow from the game designer's perspective, at least, is that um, uh, basically there's a, there's a cha there's challenge in the game. And um, challenge can be a good thing um, because it keeps, it keeps you wanting to get better and more skilled at your game, at the gameplay, or it can be a bad thing, uh, perhaps if the, if the game is too difficult or, or too easy. Mm. Um, so the way I understand flow is that, uh, when we operate in these sort of, um, in these boundaries of, of, um, of challenge where it's too, it's not too easy and it's not too difficult, but it's just somewhere in between and it can oscillate between those two, two limits, then it can be fun. And we go into this, um, experience called flow where we're really focused and, um, enjoying the present moment of that experience. What mm. do you guys think? Is that is there anything to add to that? You I think no, no. I think Gorgon's got something. I think I haven't experienced flow too much myself personally, or maybe mm. I have, but a smaller state. But um, so it's hard to have like you hear these these athletes. Um, or these people getting the states of flow, almost like meditation, um, or these, you know, um, sort of prime competitors, even like in gaming aspects. For me, I don't know. I think it's hard to know for sure. Mm. Um, and it, there'll be a spectrum of the um, state of flow. Um, so I'll, I'll talk later about that. But for the sense of flow, for the flow state, um, how I understand it is sort of like um, you're concentrated on a task, but you're not aware you're concentrated on the task in that sense. So mm. that sort of the sort of free 
the precortal um prefrontal cortex is um is engaged but it's not really working as it normally would work it's more the subcortex like the sort of um the mem- the sort of um subconsciousness is controlling the body or the the state um I would see it as that, and time just passes by mm. because you're in that flow. Um, we like Bruce Lee would say, you know, you flow like water, um, and you don't even notice time goes past. Mm. So, um, and there'd be different levels to it. Like athletes would be conditioned at a higher state, I can imagine, because they're constantly training and mm-hmm. uh, in the high conditioning in both mind and body. Um, but yeah, that, that's how I'd say is that you're unaware of sort of the task, but you're aware. You're not quite hyper focused, but you're focused, but you're in the like state of peace at mm. the same time. Mm. Yeah, and and it also sounds like um, when you're focusing on the tasks, um, no matter what it is, uh, there's also an element of not much distractions around you yeah. to pull you back to the reality. Um, yeah. I I think my understanding of flow is um it's very similar to what um Alex and Simon you've you've mentioned and personally uh I think I've really really experienced um the state of flow when I am or I was uh on the drum set when I was playing uh mm-hmm. at the service um worshiping and and really getting into the um the song. And especially if, if I know that a big feel is coming up and I need to be, um, you know what, I cannot um, muck this up and there's an amount of difficulties trying to stay on the beat. Um, mm. and, and, and that is when I think I remember very clearly that, wow, this is exhausting. Mm. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's the whole off-body experience that, that I've had um, mm. that one time. Yeah, that's an interesting one. You mentioned playing the drums there because I've I like playing the drums a lot. I wouldn't say I'm um, extremely experienced at them, but I have noticed that um, I play the drums best when when I do kind of disengage the the thinking part of my brain mm-hmm. and and just let my I guess my body and, and rhythm take over. As soon mm-hmm. as I start to think about it too much, it, I just lose rhythm. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and, and it almost like the thinking become the distraction. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we move on um, further into the into the um, discussion, oh, can I read you opening a book? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you can, can I read you um, something from uh, the original author uh, no. of the style flow? Okay, <laughs> but I'll force my way in as well. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's a rhetorical question. <clears throat> Uh, so the author name Mihai Chiksen Mihai. Um, <laughs> Good. Yeah, I've well, I've read it uh, off the script. Mihai Chiksen Mihai. Yeah. Um, he actually broke his concept of flow into six factors of um experience. So I'm gonna read these six ex- um factors and see if you can identify um how how these six factors influence your flow. According to him, um, ones need to kind of achieve these six factors um, so that, you know, they, to explain that they're in the flow. The first one is focused concentration on the present moment or task. You know, that's basically mm. what both of you have mentioned. Um, merging of action and awareness. Mm. Um, a loss of reflective self-consciousness. Okay, that's important, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely am not in flow when I'm public speaking. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yep, because there's this, you know, there's a lot of um distraction, like the internal yeah, um, yeah. things. Well, yeah. I'm not doing it properly. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> people are judging me, or well, what are those naked people doing, or tomato doing in front of me? <laughs> anyway, uh, the fourth one is a sense of personal control or agency over the situation or activity. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what, uh, what, what, what would the opposite of that look like? So if, there, if you had no sense of control, uh, you might be what, like a passenger in a, in a car or something? Yeah, that's interesting. Anyway. Yeah, so a sense of personal control. I, I think it really um, comes down to the confidence and in your ability 
in taking control. So let's say, uh, mm. drum. You know, you know, I can do this, um, and just just let your whole sense um of control over where. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I can imagine an, a a game scenario where that would be wrong. Would be so if you didn't have a sense of control, might be in a game where there's too much random stuff going on, and so winning or losing just feels random. That doesn't feel like you're in control. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's a good example. Yeah, that's true. So sense of control that you know you you, you can do it. Yeah. The fifth one is a distortion of temporal experience or one subjective experience of time is altered. So this is what um both of you yeah, and Simon yeah. say that yeah, yeah, you know times um time seems to speed up or slow down. Mm. And the last one is experience of the activity as intrinsically rewarding or as autotelic. Autotelic. Yeah. So basically, it means that um, you complete the task. Um, I'm looking at autotelic right yeah. now. <laughs> of an activity or creative work having an end or purpose in itself. Yeah. Mm. So that's the goal. Yes. Okay. So that's an intrinsic um, reward to it. So it's not mm. something just like you know. Um, I'm. I'm. I'm, I wanted to, you know, get this goal because I will have a Xbox achievement mm. um, point. But you're doing or, it because you want to do it. Mm. Or like, I'm, I'm just going to do mindfulness right now. It's, you have to be something rewarding, something that comes back for you, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah that, that last one's quite interesting from the perspective of modern games as well because a lot of modern games um, try to... Um, try to incentivize players with things like um, loot boxes or well I'm, I'm generalizing a bit but in some games have too much of a grinding element so there's this like progression that you're supposed to buy into mm. um, but for me i mean personally i like games that have more intrinsic value than than mm. um, achievement value you see what I mean? yeah mm -mm. Mm. yeah um yeah similar as well because i think uh, I guess this the this four fact the six factors of flow. Um, I think originally this person Mihai Chik San Mihai doesn't you know at the time that, that you know they don't have game per se. Um, yeah. but but I think a lot of other field actually use the state of flow to really explain, um, mm. how the engagement is in in those activities. Mm. Mm. And, and even getting into a state of flow because it's not spontaneous oh you know i think a lot of times you sort of have to be prepared in a good mental state you know i can imagine if you're really tired mm. or hung over you know it'd be a lot harder than if you're quite fresh you know mm. um so, so i can imagine a lot of it is getting yourself up to that state where you can get into a state of flow mm. and i think the other thing is because we talk about how does, you know, if you're thinking, you know, actively, connectively thinking, um, it's hard to get into the flow. Um, I think that is also the true. I mean, you can't get into the flow if you keep on thinking about, I want to get into the flow. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because then you're conscious about, you know, what would be the mm -hmm. distraction and whatnot. Yeah, mm. right, right. I don't know, to, to lead into now, but it remind, if, if we look at into, um, the fictional side of things, it sort of reminds me of... Um, Goku Ultra Instinct. Mm, tell, tell, tell us more about it. Yeah, well, I haven't. I've seen it. I've only seen up to when they've done the um, the World Games. Um, but like they were trained by. Um, oh, now I need to remember his name. Not the <laughs> the main guy. The um, but he was saying uh, to him and Vegeta that um, I need to know his name. That's going to annoy me. Um, <laughs> is that you guys think of? punching before you punch or you guys think of attacking before you attack and you just got to attack you just got to let your instincts take over in a sense um right so he can't choose to go into ultra instinct he sort of has to be there presently he sort of has to need it and early on in in the beginning of sort of dragon ball z is that he has to get angry quite mad to go super saiyan mm. um, and then you see later on even like super saiyan 4 or even three, see them become more primal, like the sort of the, the monkey, the sort of the ape. It's ape, not monkey, because monkeys don't have tails. 
<laughs> uh, don't, um, no, apes don't have tails, monkeys have tails. Um, <laughs> so it becomes um, a monkey, um, and and later on he becomes like the blue here, and it's a bit more godly because he's trained with the god. But the instinct side of things is he's beyond of thinking that. He just becomes, and then he just fights almost not even paying attention how he's fighting. Mm. Um, he's just bees. Um, he's in this state. So it sort of that sort of rings about sort of um, Goku going ultra instinct. Um, it's a bit nice. of a, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah. And I can see how um, the state of flow can be applicable in the Goku um, example as well. It's like mm. really in the presence. Um, things are you know challenging. I'm, I'm sure if uh, he needs to go into that state, it means that the enemy is um, is super strong. Yeah, yeah. That's basically his ultimate state, but he can't just choose whenever he wants to go into it. Mm. It's just like sort of a dire need, but not like when he's basically pounded to the ground and he can't move. But he still has to have some energy to him. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's sort of like a, a state where he can, and over time he might be able to choose to get into it. Mm-hmm. Initially, it sort of mm. just becomes, yeah. It's like when you're when you're at a land party. It's like three in the morning, and you think it's over, but then you have a can of uh, Red Bull. Yeah, can of flow state right there. Like, and it's good that you did a brand Red Bull. So that's going to be our next sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs> Gives you wings. I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I I have a question for you guys. Um, hmm. Can you guys think of a game that really elicited a state of flow in you? Um, see, I don't want to go again twice, but for me, going not a not a game. I didn't realize it was a game. No, um, another thing, I'd say um, one time I would say uh, wasn't long, it would be more Dark Souls. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Or maybe even Bloodborne. I can't remember which one. Um, and, but it wasn't, uh, normally I would imagine fighting a boss, but I, I was more like going through a stage and not dying and then getting really into it and even the environment. And it's normally quite action-packed that it won't be too long until you fight an enemy. I just, I remember going in that and just not being aware of my health bar and all that. So forgetting to heal, forgetting all this and just learning the move set, just, you know, and then you're fighting NPCs as well. So mm. they react almost like a human because they're quite smart mm. and just sort of learning their the move set and like dancing in a sense. I think mm. it was Bloodborne because it's more um, attack orientated and then just moving on to the next enemy, not focusing on my stamina or my health bar or anything like that. Um, mm. But it didn't last for too long, though. But mm. I, that's something that comes to mind. Mm. 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 Yeah. yeah. Gorgon? Yeah, it looks like Alex is thinking about something, too. You want to go first? Oh, no, just, just thinking, just reflecting on what Simon said. Um, yeah, mm. I was, I, <laughs> you mentioned this kind of dance of gameplay around the, the non playable characters. I thought, yeah, I've been playing with a bayonetta recently, and it's a similar mm. thing. Is you, you have you have this um, huge range of um, you know uh, kicks and punches and um, ridiculously over the top um, moves based on kink and all this sort of stuff that you can do. But it all <laughs> is one kind of you chain it together into one dance with the with the enemies. It's yeah, it's mm. quite good. Mm. Mm. Would you say that you got in the state of flow? Yeah, uh, I would, um, and I'm still at that point where I'm learning the game. So, because mm. um, I've only just started playing it recently, um, yeah. so it's it definitely engages my um, my frontal cortex, and I have to think about what I'm doing, and I die quite often. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think it is a difficult game as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it reminds me of um, playing Celeste. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it has that difficulty there too. Yeah. But but for for myself, um, I th- I think the game that really um, that I have experienced kind of state of flow, um, it would be Age of Empires, those um, real time strategies game when I'm engaging mm-hmm. with um, the opponent, you know, 
well, when I have the army ready, ready to charge, trying to um, organize how the position is like to, to um, take notice of um, what type of um, soldier or, or army is, is, um, is being thrown at me. So mm. a lot of time um, when, when, when I play those kind of games, uh, I would want to have my time alone because uh, if, if I have my wife beside me, that, is, that would be a constant um, distraction. And I, 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 can't, you know, I can't really focus yeah. there. I, I need to be pay attention to you know that she needs me there, or um, you know, just just be mm. be mindful. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Is it Age of Empires two? Um, Age of Empires, yes. But at the moment, I'm playing Age of Empire four. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. Is it PVE? You can uh, get into it. Yeah, that's both PVE and PVP. Ah, cool. Mm, but I'm I'm mm. I'm at the moment just playing PVE. I'm not good enough to play um PVP. Uh, if I really play PVP, there wouldn't be a state of flow. I'm just yeah, constantly. Honestly. I'm just constantly <laughs> destroyed by the enemy. Yeah, <laughs> it would definitely motivate me. I was like, how good is this guy? Is he doing PVP in in the flow state? <laughs> <laughs> PV PVE on easy mode. that's interesting eh? so if if you're playing versus other players and it's too difficult is that because maybe the 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 servers the game don't doesn't match you with players at your level or is it just is is it just the game the game's designed in a way that you get smashed when you play against it's intense man i used to watch them play pros play it's intense right right Mm. Mm. well um i guess my fear of getting beat up has stopped me uh from entering the online realm i've i've actually haven't um played against a player before it's oh, just right. yeah it's just the um yeah like, like what seven say i've seen so, how some people play and i i definitely know i'm not that level yeah. so not yet not yet yeah, yeah. and i even that though um i think that that game i'm just thinking on a spot would be hard for a flow state because you're always thinking ahead mm. and it's a real fast in-depth chess match and there's a lot of clicks like a lot of clicks and a lot of management. You're fighting, quickly go back to the main center and you everywhere, like in and out, in and out. And then you're looking at them, what they're doing in and out. So you really have to engage the prefrontal. And I can imagine a flow state, you sort of, I imagine be quite hard to get into a flow state versus like especially PVP. And this the mm-hmm. play is pretty easy that you just muck around. And I wonder yeah. as well if um, the you know the, the difficulty at getting into flow when you're playing other people is that people aren't predictable, so mm. you can't mm. use the cues of the you know the the AI of the non-playable characters anymore. So you have to mm. react in real time. Mm. Mm. But then sportsmen can get mm-hmm. in flow, can't they? So, mm. mm-hmm. yeah, it's true. Yeah, I think that the um, whole engaging the the um, prefrontal cortex is is really um around how involved the thinking is in the game in the moment right. uh because i i do i do see um again i don't think entering the state of flow is easy because um like i say the only time that i can really strongly remember is when i'm playing a drum um not in games but but for games at the times where it's very the closest to flow is really when I'm so into thinking, strategizing, uh, where should I put my soldier and whatnot, and and jumping example now. Uh, recently, I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Unite. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a mobile game. Uh, it's a short ten minutes game, uh, but that's that's a PvP um, uh, game, and uh, most of the time when I'm farming leveling up my Pokemon, um, I'm still aware of my surrounding. But when there's a team fight, um, when you have to predict the opponent movement, you have to move, or when I have to move the Pokemon around, uh, for that few, maybe one to two minutes, it feels very long. Mm. And at the same time, I, I, I know that I'm not aware of my surrounding. Because it happens mm. to me once when, when my wife just called me, talked to me, I, I, I zone out. And yeah. after the fight, I was like, oh, um, did I just hear you at the back of... So if I understand it, you felt like it went one or two minutes, but it went longer? Or was it one... Was it opposite? <laughs> the opposite. 
because okay. it's just one or two minutes, but it felt longer because I was just yeah. so intense uh, focus yeah. uh, in that moment. So I, yeah, I wondered as well because I, I when I am playing a game against someone else who who is better than me in that moment or just in general whatever mm. that I've, I, all these emotions start to come into play like like mm. you know like <laughs> self-criticism disappointment mm. anger frustration um mm. and, and there was one of the one of the factors of um of flow was it like the third one you said was something about what, what was it like not not being self-conscious it was something like that um the, a loss of reflective self-consciousness yeah, mm. yeah. Yep. So certainly, like when I start to lose in games, I, <laughs> <laughs> my self consciousness kicks in, and maybe that's mm. when I fall out of flow. Mm. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine if you had to be in flow while well, you getting your ass kicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I quite, yeah, I quite enjoy kicking my brother's ass, but I have to, to balance it out, otherwise you know, we won't play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, oh, t- oh, yeah. Tell me about. It. I get that too. I I play um fighting games with my wife, um, oh, yeah, Jasmine. Yeah. So sometimes like, oh, oh, what am I doing? Oh no, but but you know, <laughs> I, I hope I hope she she doesn't listen to this uh, podcast. <laughs> oh look at that! You won. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, she's good. She's good. <laughs> Uh, next on the on the list. So, can you guys think of a game that that was, um, you know, really took you out of flow and you just disengaged with it? Um, Super Smash Mario. Is it broke? <laughs> <laughs> it's just too difficult for me. I'm just saying well, out there. Wait, 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 wait. So before we, <laughs> you're talking about Super Smash Brothers or Super? Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I I mix things up. Um, Super yeah. Smash. Um, Bro. is it Bro? Is it the the yeah, one yeah. that's on Switch where you you have um uh different Nintendo characters? That's Super Smash like Bros. Yeah, yeah. yeah Super like, Smash Bros. Yeah. Okay, I'm clear. Yeah. 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 So that game, I mm. I, I love that game. Mm-hmm. I want to be good at that game. Mm. But I just cannot that game because yeah. even on easy mode no easy mode is too easy you know it's, there's no challenge I, I you know i can't enjoy right. it the medium mode sometimes can get a little bit um, difficult for me because it's not just fighting like side scrolling there's so mm-hmm. much so many things happening on screen um yeah I, yeah even though i like to love it um i i haven't finished the game mm. so yeah mm-hmm. so that's that's the game that um elicit disengagement for me so there was no happy point between the two like easy was too easy medium was too hard and and therefore there was no enjoyable moment yeah. for you in the game yeah, okay. mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah. is what we mentioned before oh, i don't know if we did mention this but is that that chart of challenge and skill and finding that perfect balance in between that mm. um if it's too challenging then it's not really if it requires too much skill mm. um, Mm. So it's, yeah. it, really, it really requires um, high challenges and high confidence in your ability mm. to yeah. match um, to match uh, up to enter the state of flow. Yeah, and and it's interesting because a good game, a good game design will um, will ramp up your you know your, the skill and challenge needed to you know the skill needed to meet the challenge will be ramped up slowly from the beginning so that you, you mm. know. You stay engaged with it, but I guess mm. maybe they kind of missed the mark on you there with Smash Bros. Yeah, mm. I might be the outlier there. Yeah, mm. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's me. Cool. Um, we finish off with you then, Alex. Uh, for me, any game that requires a lot of farming or grinding, or even like, say, for example, enjoy Assassin's Creed, but it's quite easy and at the same time there's so many things on the map and so many distractions that i'm not so invested into the the, the game so much i'm mm. more like ticking boxes yeah um yeah. and it's like oh I'll go save this damsel distressed i've got to do this fetch i'll quest. do that yeah, yeah. all these mm. fetch quests um or you have to do something you have to really grind and just do that to upskill experience points it's just like uh, why am i playing this Mm. yeah um so they lost yeah. you on motivation there eh? because it's yeah. not you're, you're not motivated to do it mm-hmm. 
So, I wouldn't say any specific games because a lot of games I would find can get like that. But for for me, it's a bit different because I'm um, I'm rather than focus more on the competition side of things. I'm more into the immersion kind of thing. So if if I am immersion and with mastery, um, so I can do that sort of challenge and that sort of skill, but with immersion and so I'm invested into this game, then I'm probably going to be more invested into like uh, finding a flow state. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So, what do you mean by immersion and mastery? And hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you for asking that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so there's this. I don't know. Can we plug websites? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> um, Quantic Foundry does a nice, a pretty cool um, player gamer um, profile. Um, sort of survey uh, motivation profile um, and they've got a game motivation model and they've divided it into six um, so it's action social mastery achievement immersion and creativity um, and each one is divided by two so mm-hmm. action is destruction and or excitement um, social is more competition or the community like MMORPG would be like community competition with more like competitors mm. um, working together like I don't know, CSGO or something. Mastery would be more like the, the challenge. So like um, Dark Souls uh, would be like the challenge or strategy mm. and that'd be more like um, Age of Empires. Um, so you're a master, you know, what you, um, enough to play PvP. Mm-hmm. Um, achievement is that completion so like the assassin's creed i'm going to do all of these ones and get my um xbox award or so forth um or achievement in power so that's another aspect of achievement and that's i'm going to up, upskill my guys who's going to be op he's going to be like this boss you know mm. um and then next one for immersion there's fantasy mm-hmm. um so that's the 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 fantasy side of things um and then the second part is story so if you're really in tune like for example would that be like last of us i really like that story Mm, um yeah and the sixth one is creativity and it's divided by two and it's design so that's like minecraft you Mm. get really into designing something that might be co-op with your friends or that might be yourself and you almost completed this um a stage or whatever you're making like uh, maybe a house or even a ship and the second part is discovery mm. um so that's like thinking um exploring the um the maps or exploring the hidden gems or the um secret treasures and so forth yeah so back to what we were saying is that for me I, i'm a um sort of creative i'm immersion and a mastery guy so and there's a sort of gamer profile so i'm an architect so for me to get into a state of flow um i'm not as strong i used to be more first person shooter Mm. online but not so much now um i would have to be invested into the game firsthand in order to really um find that because it will take time and a lot of investment into the game Mm. i can imagine yeah so i find a lot of games i'm sort of um in and uh, ahhing for a long time so um getting that state of flow i really have to really get that you know investment but that's me <laughs> <laughs> don't want to take too much of the light from you alex i know um it'd be interesting to hear from yeah, you well, yeah all. thanks for sharing um that stuff on the on the quantic foundry gamer profiles I, i've mm. i've done that survey as well we've all done it and i've yeah um, Thought it was really cool i it's, it's interesting because i really love immersive games also um <laughs> so for example i love metroid prime which is um one of, it's one of my favorite games and that's all about the aesthetic the environment exploration mm. and immersion um however when i completed the survey um i must love action and uh, <laughs> social way more because i i came out as the acrobat slash gladiator profile type which means what? that I'm the 98th percentile for action. Wow. <laughs> 93rd percentile, 93rd percentile for social. Um, 
which I guess reflects the fact that I, I love to play um, fast-paced, action-oriented games like sports games, uh, maybe like, you know, uh, Mario Strikers, mm. uh, Rocket League, um, Super Smash Bros. even, um, with people in the room sitting next to me. Like, yeah, it's one of my, one of my favorite ways to play games is on a couch with two or three other people. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, yeah. just to tie that up, I guess, into... Uh, the question I asked earlier, a game that really failed for me in terms of flow that I bombed out of would be, um, actually, it's, I, I find it hard to say this because I really love Mario Kart, but <laughs> interestingly, like, um, I've played a lot of Mario Kart. Like, I've, I've played, like, every version <laughs> since the N64. And the last, the latest version on the Switch, weirdly, like, for me, I think they brought in the tracks and they, mm. they, um, there's the, I think the catch-up mechanic is um, is back. And anyway, I find the game s- so dull com- compared to the, I think some of the previous iterations. Like mm. it, for me, it feels too easy. Mm. And so I didn't bother even hardly playing the single-player version. I play it with friends, but yeah, that's mm. that's I, I bombed out of it because I was just like, oh, it's too easy now. Uh, yeah. So mm. so um, the social aspect, the social part of the motivation comes in when you play uh, Mario Kart. It's yeah, not because, so I'll, yeah, I'll pick it up to play it with other people. Yeah, yeah, nice. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Gorgon, do you want to share your your gamer profile? Yes, I can. Oh, but before that, um, I, I'm just curious about, uh, your gamer profile under your immersion mm. because there's this uh secondary motivation. I'm not sure if if you're able to access it. I'm curious. What's mm. your um secondary um. Yeah, so motivation, yeah. motivation. Be either you mean either fantasy, fantasy or story. Your story. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so, hang on. Would... Okay, so that would be under, um, under, well, under under immersion or under immersion. Yeah, immersion. Uh, okay, yeah. sorry. Okay, here we go. Uh, okay, here we go. Um, oh, weird. So I, I get fantasy is twenty four percent and story is twenty one percent. Oh, okay. Yeah, but they're both quite low though because I think Gladiator's got high in a lot of things. Mm. Yeah. So Mm. does it it say something about a secondary motivation? Um, Anyway, that is lowest on my list. That's why it was weird because immersion is lowest on my survey outcome. Actually, I really like immersive games. Like I love The Last of Us, for example. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. So um, I'm actually a bard um so mm-hmm. essentially the highest um i guess the first the the first motivation um category is immersion 69% mm-hmm. um followed by creativity mm-hmm. um and then next uh i've you know the number third one uh is shared between social and mastery mm-hmm. and both action and achievement, they are sitting on 31% for actions and 29% for achievement. And I guess this reflects my um, struggles with um, Super Smash Bros. Because action is, is really not top of my, um, I guess, motivation. Um, and, and maybe because of that, I, I don't uh, want to put in too much effort in leveling up my skills. Or maybe I'm just bad at it. But that's... Um, that I can see how uh, I play most of my games. Um, and looking at the secondary motivation for immersion, the highest uh, fantasy is 86%, but stories is 45%. Mm, so, uh, yeah, so I'm not too much into story, which, you know, um, uh, playing action with Simon kind of reflects that as well. Sometimes I'm just like, you know, okay, nope. <laughs> but but it's it's the environment, the fantasy that that kind of hooked me in. Mm. Yeah, I try to get into it. I try to talk about it. And say, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I have forty five percent there. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's my profile. Mm. It, it's an interesting thing to think about narrative in video games because. Um, we do live in an age now where, um, you know, some people do just want their quick fix of gaming. So, you know, obviously mobile games are mm. usually just that. And, and narrative plays such a small part in those mm. games. Mm. Um, 
yeah and i've, I've worked with um narrative designers in games as well and uh, mobile games mm -hmm. and that was quite interesting because um trying to trying to make narrative an important thing in a mobile game um is really hard because you mm -hmm. need you need to both have the platform and the game for it to present it to the player mm. and then you have to somehow engage the player with it so they're not just you know skipping it as soon as they you know want to get to the action of the game whatever the game is so mm -hmm. yeah that's a it's a tricky one these days oh, but, it's funny. Uh, then other games like the triple a games of course they do narratives so well something mm. like yes i was actually reading about a game um, called unpacked recently which i think has just uh, just been released it's an indie game and the story in that game is about um basically un you unpack boxes in this kind of pixel art world into your home and you have to put things in the right place yep so there's this there's no i don't think there's an explicit story but there's an implicit story being told through the the houses that you you move into so uh, yeah i found that really fascinating that you can tell a story without even using words really mm. wow that's cool mm. that's that's bringing narrative in um storytelling to another level it's um yes part of the gameplay but you can be very observant into mm. how the house is um being presented and whatnot mm. yeah yeah what were you gonna say mm. simon oh i was gonna say um I don't know. This is uh, I can say it. Um, I always think I've always maybe a long time ago. Uh, I talked to Gorgon about this. Um, that I, I was interested um, into making a sort of psychoeducational, sort of therapeutic narrative kind of game, but be more like an interactive novel rather than a game. But mm. it's hard to know that those boundaries are blurred. Um, but you're right, is, is that, and I'll be interested in using it in a phone because you don't really need too much space in it. Um, but yeah, you're right, it's that narrative that really draws them in, but I find um, there's some quite um, good little interactive novels out there that you can't just click whenever, you've got to wait until that story or that song or whatever it finishes, mm. and it sort of teaches you a bit, sort of be patient and mm. so forth. Um and then you can move on to the next one. It has, you know, visual and sound as well, mm. um, rather than the stereotypical uh, mobile game, which is there to chew up your time and chew up your money and, you know, um, pay to win or whatever it might be. Mm. Um, like an actual, I don't know, a game that can be quite helpful at the same time. Mm. Um, but because people have their phones with them everywhere. Mm. Um, well, it's so yeah. interesting, isn't it? Because like, how do you, how do you get immersed in something um, like a story or a story game mm. while well, you've got notifications popping up in your screen? Eh? Mm. Mm. Yeah, there's mm. lots of um, distraction there as well. Mm. 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 That's a good point. And I can imagine even that would be hard to get into a flow state as well because you're using an object which is normally used for like you know distracting and so forth and or short periods of time and then going to one thing to another mm. i can imagine that, that even um what you're using you sort of have to be aware of getting that flow mm. as well mm. Mm. so essentially um i think it i think we also can say immersion is not the same thing as state of flow mm-hmm yeah, because um, we can get the state of flow by being in a competition game, you know, really fighting, testing out the, the skills. But mm. one being emerged in a game doesn't necessarily mean that um, uh, we are in the state of flow because, you know, there mm. might not be the challenges that, that um, drive us to, um, I guess, achieve a certain goal or whatnot. We are just mm. plainly enjoying being in the game. Mm. But I would say that um, it's not the core aspect, I would say, um, of um, state of flow or flow mm -hmm. state. But I, I would say it's an ally to um, yes. being that. You know, yeah. it's needed to be to be helpful, to be immersed in what you're doing. Yeah. Or else um, you have no interest in it. Yeah. Yeah. True, true, true. Yeah. So what about outside the world of games and entertainment, guys? Where, where else do you uh, experience flow in your lives? 
Oh, Gary Gogan. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I mentioned about drums, so that's mm. that's one. Uh, but I sometimes in, well, very rarely or not rarely, but not very common, but um, not rare. Sometimes in my counseling uh room, counseling session uh, with some mm. students, where um, I know that that's this challenge in front of me. And I know that I can actually move things, um, hold a space for the client, and we are actually going somewhere. So, um, so yeah. So at times, um, those are some of the very few counseling session where I actually enjoyed, and um, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed that, <laughs> not at their misery. <laughs> No, I, I think he was he was just laughing. Oh, you actually enjoyed it. Like, yeah, one of the few, one of the very few counseling sessions you actually enjoy. <laughs> enjoy being a counselor. <laughs> um, but yeah, and yeah. and because the genuine relationship, the therapeutic alliances mm. that's being built there, and um, knowing that I have the skills and whatnot to to manage it. Mm. So yeah, so you hear that um, people. Counselors can enjoy the sessions too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now that and and um, that's pretty impressive. Like to get to the point of flow in counseling, because you're holding a lot of things. Like mm. you're you're double listening, you're hearing what they're saying. You're also aware of the times. Like counseling, you can't. It's hard not to be aware of the time, especially in in a school because the bell is going to go boom, and then mm. you can't just say, "Oh, the bell's gone." See you by next person. You got to prepare them before the bell as well, mm. so, you know, so they can get out to the next period or you know prepared, and you have to sort of prepare and um, so forth as well. So even to get in that, I would say you know um, there's context to it as well. So that's it's good to hear that not just enjoy but to a state of flow. Mm. Um, that means it must be quite stimulating. So you must be using a bit of your skill and must be quite challenging, like you mentioned that that task ahead of you. Yeah, um, mm. yeah, and 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 I think that's why therapy, a good therapy session, needs one hour, because obviously I'm not in the state of flow that whole hour. It's normally mm. it's um the middle chunk of it or near the end of it, um and and you are right that um that you know I I also need to keep time and whatnot will kick in, um, but yeah, so mm. part of part of the sessions. <laughs> so mm. that's me. That's me. Okay. I was just wondering, um, how do you, how does that relate to? Because when you're in flow with a client, like you mentioned, mm. that's sort of um, that's relational as well, isn't it? So your client would be involved in that flow somehow. Um, yeah. Have you thought about that and, and possibly how that relates to to you know the multiplayer games as well? What's happening with the client? Mm, that's interesting. So. So do you mean that am I understand correctly that uh there might be transference uh or even yeah maybe not projection but transference going on in in the whole or shared and shared experience going on there as well yeah I guess yeah that I was thinking along those lines mm. I guess the way I think about um therapy and counseling is that it's a, um you're in a boat on a journey together on a relationship journey together mm. and when um you know that that journey can be ro in in rocky waters or it can be in calm water, but um, w it can feel good either way because you know you're heading in the right direction together. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, way to put yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Not sure though. I mean, I ha I have you know I I didn't really ask my client about it because it's really just my experience. Um, yeah. maybe maybe the client is um struggling, you know, with the questions that I ask or um. Reflecting mm. on his 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 or her own journey in in life, so maybe we might have slightly different uh, mm. perspective of the time and whatnot. But mm. uh, that's definitely something that um I can keep in mind in my future session. Mm. Mm. Good, good question. Mm. That's a good point. I mean, certainly from like a perspective of onboarding a new client, you, you, we do think about flow, don't we? Um, they just don't come back. I think we lost you um, for a few seconds there, um, Alex. Oh, that's a shame. I said something really profound. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
now no, you have I, to repeat that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying that when you know when we onboard clients, we we, we have to think about their um, their level, you know, where they're at, and not not throw them in the deep end too quickly, mm. and not not make it move too slowly for them. It has to be engaging for them. Eh? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's that's um that's true as well. Mm. That we we are playing uh, kind of that role for our client too. Call it tracking, mm. right? Tracking. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you sort of you might be using language they might not know, so you're checking in, and then you might be educating. This mm-hmm. is what I mean by that. Um, so a lot of the times they, they they use a lot of it's a lot it's quite challenging and a lot of skill for them as well. Mm. Especially with adolescents. So I don't you know. I don't haven't really thought of this. I, I don't really. My mind has never thought this way. No one's asked me these questions. Mm-hmm. So it takes a lot of actual. Of interpersonal and sort of even social skills. If you were talking about something outside the room mm. um, that they've never really worked before, mm. and sometimes, it, and it might be really easy for the therapist, like connect the dots A, B, and C, and D. But mm. the person's never done A and B before, so yeah. you really have to help build them towards that transition to A to B. And once they sort of get that, then you do okay. Now next step, we can try to do A, B, C, and then mm. um, yeah. So. A lot of times it's the, I can imagine they would, in a sense, be in like a flow state, mm-hmm. um, especially if it's, because I work in like Sandra, I can especially, mm-hmm. if they're doing something challenging while they're focusing on the figure or figurine or archetype um, or symbol, whatever you want to call them. Um, and so that that's where the concentration is. So they're not, but they're still hearing and still replying, mm-hmm. but they're sort of just, using the um the figurines and moving them around in the sand but not so consciously because that's the well it depends how you use it but that's sort of the main point of sort of the sand trade is using that subconscious mm-hmm. so not so aware and then it comes out it unpacks itself mm. so once again they're not engaging too much on that but there are enough to maybe to reply or, or to mm. um yeah so i can imagine flow would be able to come up in um, the counselling or the therapeutic relationship, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Um, as for me, mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry to steal the limelight. Um, I would say for me recently, um, and I need to get back into this, um, is is when I'm drawing. Mm. Um, so I've got this one track. It says goes a minute and a half. And the start is very similar to the end. So when it plays over and over again, it's like almost like a mantra. And then and it dies off that way. And then Boo gets annoyed of it because I just do it for hours. It just goes for hours on the speaker to a speaker. And then I just, I had to get myself prepared and get myself ready. And once I'm sort of in a good state, then I can start drawing. And once I'm drawing and I'm not so focused on the skill or my errors, I just draw and I don't use a razor or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then I go, I, I'm made aware of this. I go out and then I go zoom in to like the, the face and it's like quite intense. Um, and I just hone in and I don't notice. And then next thing you know, I've got my glasses on and I'm dealing with something one centimeter by one centimeter. And, mm. and I'm like, oh, whoops. And then I just go out. Yeah, yeah, but that's. I need to probably do it more often so I can get that f- feeling more often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's really creative. Yeah, it sounds really satisfying being able to mm. be so focused. You know, it sounds like you're in a trance, eh? Mm. That's always, um, and that's why I like if it's the same song, it's not a new song going to disrupt it. I'm not going to pay attention to a new change of music. It's mm. just, turned into a background and sort of relates emotionally at the same time yeah 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 okay interesting Hmm. Mm. (laughs) that reminded me a bit of that movie inception for some reason because like there's this background music that you're Mm. designed out from but it's it's ticking past it's literally repeating like a time time stamp throughout Mm. your experience right it's interesting Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I, I was, that reminds um, when you said that. 
I've done a little sort of story that it's um, the start is sort of the end and they sort of get stuck in time, which mm. I might sort of, I can start looking to draw it as well. But yeah, it's, it's finding those things that sort of motivate you and then get into a state where you can invest into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What about um, for you, Alex? Yeah. Um, so, which which um, well, yeah, so my experience flow in my life? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So, um, I guess the really um, practical one for me is driving. I really love driving. I just I, I just always have, and I, I actually really like driving games as well. Mm. Um, and even though we all drive automatic vehicles these days and there's not much um, mechanical action to it. I still get a lot of enjoyment out of um, really being in the zone while I'm driving and like, you know, being kind of hyper aware of everything that's going on around me mm. and of the height of the vehicle and the location of vehicles. And you like that. Yeah. And, and, you know, position of other vehicles next to me. Yeah. I, I enjoy that a lot. I, I, um, I guess it reminds trend. It probably reminds me a little bit of game development because in ah. game development you do manipulate the, the the position and you know and rotation and you know speed of of objects and and I you know I grew up playing um, like first person you know like Doom and these early first person shooters so I mm-hmm. get this real sense of space that I really enjoy yeah. Oh, this, is, this control of um few different elements and um dimension, almost. Yeah, yeah, and and, and like I said, when when I when I did have cars that had a manual uh, gear. I lost you. Mastery. Oh, you lost me again. So yeah, with so... manual manual gear shift cars, I had an element of mastery in there as well. You know, I really enjoyed this kind of like race driving almost, like playing <laughs> gears. And, mm. Yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah, I really, really enjoy that. Yeah. There we go. We got your part-time job all lined yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. yeah Uber Eats driver. You be delivering my Uber Eats. <laughs> I saw, I saw um, something new today on the street. I saw a guy riding a bicycle for some New Zealand courier company, and it was this like brand new looking bicycle that had one of those big long fronts with the. Um, with a big box attached to the front, so you had mm-hmm. mail or boxes and parcels in there. Uh-huh. And it was an electric bike, and I kind of like I watched him like riding off the road and onto the pavement, and I thought that's kind of exciting because he's like he's going to be delivering these parcels kind of in a time boundary, and he has oh. to like you know get, get, take them at the fastest route, and like you know yeah, I was like oh that's quite cool. And in the weight at the front of it would be quite actually quite hard. Yeah, it's so heavy. It's a really interesting design. Yeah, the the, the whole this whole uh, carrier is at the front, and there's a small wheel beyond the carrier at the front that can actually turn from via the handlebars. It's quite interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, yeah. yeah, we've got um, New Zealand Post, but it's in like a golf buggy one, mm. right? and they just drive around and just lean over and just chuck it in. And... <laughs> And hop out, yeah. In London, in London, there's a guy, or it's just like the same guy used to come around every day pushing this giant like shopping trolley, to, basically. But you know, it had like a cover and stuff. And he would pull the mail and parcels out of that, and it was quite a big thing that he would be pushing around. He'd be pushing it, pushing it. I guess he was dedicated to our street, or wow. Or so he had to walk the whole. He had to walk the whole way. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so funny. Like, it's so antiquated, eh? Yeah. That's interesting. Which, yeah, since we are talking in the real world scenario, do you think the state of flow can be found in our in the normal day to day job, you know, corporate or whatnot? Yeah, mm. I, I think so. I personally, for me, um, I probably want to spend more time in flow than mm. I do. I think I tend to. Because I'm, I have this um, bad habit of self-criticism and perfectionism. I think I tend to push myself beyond the kind of upper limit of challenge quite often through like, you know, time limits or mm. you know, I must be faster at this or this must be a perfect piece of code, etc. And mm. so I, I take a lot of the fun out of my work by doing that. I'm not within these kind of healthy boundaries of flow. Yeah, mm. that's mm. interesting. And yeah so this is a question for um 
Hmm. Maybe I'm I'm leaving the uh, having a tangent again, but um, let's see where it brings us. When you're playing a game, because you have a background in developing game, mm. does does it affect um, how you you know enjoy the game or interact with the game? You, do you mean specifically the game I'm working on, or uh, the game that that you play? Okay, so the game I'm both writing and playing—is that what you mean? Um, no, uh, just right. you know, like like super like Super Smash Mario, any commercial game that yeah, they are sure. not involved in. Yeah, I think so because um, I think uh, um, yeah, I think that writing games is sort of playing games at the next level because it's mm. just the it's kind of like the creativity part of your um, gamer profile where you're building um building levels or building characters or building story etc um and 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 try and make that as beautiful and polished as possible mm. um so once i've done that I've, i my my um kind of fix of games is really done and i when i write games when i'm writing games i don't tend to play as many games because i don't need as much of it anymore Right. Mm. Okay, so essentially that kind of met the motivation or what you need to challenge. Yeah. At a time. Yeah. I think there's you know, there's other parts to it as well. It's like staring yeah. at staring at a screen for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean back to your um original question, Gorgon. Yeah, I think it all depends on what sort of work environment and so forth. Mm. But I can imagine, um I don't know, Alex, but I can imagine in your field a lot of coders who are really passionate would get in a state of flow. Mm. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and um, and there's all these, you know, a lot of developers have these um, unspoken rules about, you know, not disrupting their flow. Like you will, for example, you'll find some developers wear headphones so that mm. people don't um, interrupt them. Um, other people will just have a sign on their desk that says <laughs> <laughs> "stay away" in other language. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, and 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 in general, it can actually making games can be quite a, quite a quiet environment when people mm. are not hanging out because it's, mm. everyone's so hyper focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah, Alex, you talk about um, reducing the physical or the external um, distraction uh, yeah. to enable us to uh, enable the the coder to get into a state of flow. But what about the internal kind of process, internal, uh, because like you mentioned just now, Alex, that a lot of time when we have like self-criticisms or um, imposing high expectation that can act as a distraction from getting to the flow. Mm-hmm. How do you suppose we can, um, I guess, keep that in check? Mm. Yeah. That's a journey I'm I'm still on, to be honest. Um, and I'm 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 learning a lot about it through um the kind of <laughs> very deliberate practice of self care. Mm. So um, another thing that's reasonably common in game in game development world is this sort of anxious overachiever type, um, mm. which I could classify myself as. Um, so what what I practice every day uh, at work is um setting really healthy boundaries for myself so for example i have a break timer on my computer which mm. ping which literally blocks out my screen every 15 minutes for 10 seconds so i have to look away from the screen and then every every 50 minutes it also blocks my screen for 10 minutes so i get up go and have a, a cup of tea and you know disconnect for 10 minutes mm. and then i also um you know do things like i decompress so when i come home from work i will um usually go for a walk or maybe a swim just get outside and get some fresh air before going home you know where i would then make dinner or or whatever Mm. so that i've created some space between that and work and and other things i do there's you know things like um i also have like a a screen um color changer on my my desktop so that um, come the evening, the you know blocks it reduces blue lights. There's all these things I do to um, kind of reduce, I guess, my tendency to overexert. Mm. <laughs> mm. This is kind of like a limiter. 
yeah it's like um it's like external you know it's, it's self-regulation enforced self-regulation yeah yeah mm. Mm-hmm. and it sounds almost like that's um part of it is, is also having routine and having the self-compassion so that you don't burn yourself out uh and doesn't bring your exhaustion level to a lower state where a lot of the um i guess critical voice comes out that mm. interrupts the flow yeah and i mm. forgot one thing going home on time like i mm. you know as much as i would say to others like you know never never work past your your work hours just go home yeah. i definitely still do that occasionally like yeah it's so easy for me to slip into oh I'll just stay for another half an hour i mean like two hours later oh, god why am i still here like, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. boundaries yeah mm-hmm. Mm. So, uh, any more thoughts before we go on? No, from me. Well, I think that's about time. I think for this podcast, we might actually have, we might actually be into within an hour this time or close to. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. Thanks for thanks for our listeners. Thanks for listening, and um, thank you both for your thoughts today. Mm. Um, mm. That's it. No, it has been a good journey. Thank yep. you. Yep, thank you.